Hi there, it's Tegan Steinmetz, and I want to give you a warm welcome to my podcast, You're Already Everything. I want to start this week with a few little, what's the word, house housekeeping items to discuss. I'm smiling so big right now just thinking about where I want to take this um, podcast. I think this episode is going to be really really long and special, but I'm really excited because my next episode, I'm going to have a guest for the first time, and I see a lot of guests in my future, and so to begin this podcast, I want to just share a few little things. First, I want to say I'm really proud of you, whether you are just finishing up finals and a semester at school or working through the holiday season, or wherever you are in your life, I'm proud of you, and I hope you're having happy holidays um, with surrounded by people you love. And I'm also sending love to those of you that maybe the holidays are a bit of a hard time. Regardless of what your holidays look like, I'm sending you all the love and joy that I can through you listening to this. Second, I want to say happy December, and if you listened to my last podcast, I hope that you are decluttering your December. I just started today at my dad's house. I worked on cleaning out my room today. Um, I slept for, I'm not even kidding, 15 hours. (laughs) So if that just shows you how much I really needed that rest, I'm laughing about it because I don't remember the last time I've slept that long, but I literally fell asleep at like 9 30 last night or like 9 to 9 30 and then woke up at like 12 30 like how I don't even understand how that's possible but obviously I needed it so hopefully you guys are all getting your needed rest out there and giving yourself a little bit of a break so I recommend giving yourself a good break but then also taking some time to try and just clean up some things declutter your life a little bit and start thinking for the new year. The new year is in a week. I can't even believe it. Time doesn't really feel real. Um, I'm sure you can probably say the same, but I'm basically a second semester senior. That's like scary to say. Like I only have one semester left of high school. I just, I'm going to stop talking about that now because I can't even like fathom that right now. Anyway, my next point, I wanted to thank you all for listening. Um, to not just this podcast, but if you've listened to my other ones, the the support that I've gotten for this is actually, like, insane. And so I want to really thank you all for listening. Even if you just listen, like, I just, it means so much. And it's like, I don't say a confidence booster, but I didn't really know where this was going to go when I first started it. But, like, the support that I have gotten so far actually has been insane. And I I feel like I don't know what I'm doing partially out here and I because I'm learning but like I really appreciate all of the support so thank you very much and as always I always say I'm always taking feedback and advice and um, any suggestions that you have so pretty sure you can if you don't already like if you're not someone that I know I'm pretty sure you can find like my email or something to email me if you are a stranger out there listening, I guess. One more thing that I'm going to say before getting into this 
really swimming dedicated podcast episode is that when I started this, um, I didn't really know where I was going to go with it, and I was taking a lot of advice from a lot of people, and it's been shared with me multiple times that if I want, like, the most successful podcast that I should, like, narrow in on one subject that I make my, um, podcast about, but after a lot of, like, kind of thinking about that, I feel like I'm not gonna take that route, and by that, I mean I could easily make this a solely athlete or swimming podcast, or I could easily make this a solely, like, learning about life and experience podcast, but I was thinking about my intentions of why I even started this podcast and, like, where I wanted it to go, and I don't think it lines up with either of those things, like, solely. I think my intention and purpose with this is to have a platform where I can share whatever I kind of want, almost, and whether that makes me not successful or successful um, with people that listen, I love and appreciate all people that will come and listen to this. So regardless, if you are an athlete, not an athlete, if some episodes interest you or not, I am really appreciative appreciative of all of that support. And my goal per se is not to be the most successful podcast. Like I think I just more than anything want to share what I want to share or feel that people can relate to or learn from. And so if that's one episode being about swimming and maybe that doesn't apply to you, but the next episode is more about lifestyle or something that does apply to you, I think that's what I want to do most with this podcast. With all that being said, I am going to now talk about what this episode is going to be about and you can decide whether you want to listen to this or not, um, being an athlete or a swimmer or none of the above. I'm going to try something new on this episode and that's write a transcript for it so that if you are not, maybe you don't want to hear about my swimming life that I'm about to share, you can look at the transcript which is hopefully like in the details of the episode and it will share um, the times I start talking about different topics. And hopefully you can, if you want, skip around to things that maybe sound a little bit more interesting to you or something that will be more of a takeaway for you, etc. So that is my goal with this, and hopefully that will be helpful, and I will probably try and make that a norm going on to the future. Now that I've gotten some housekeeping things done that I wanted to share with you, I'm going to talk about this specific episode. In this episode, I'm going to start with sharing my kind of background and experience in swimming, and I just know that's going to be a long time because I record, I tried recording this for the first time, and I didn't like the way I went about it, so I like restarted it, and that's this. So I'm hoping I can do a better job and a little bit more um, concise job of sharing kind of my whole background in swimming. And I'm going to do that because I want to share where I've come from in the sport, where I've been in the sport, um, like brief outlines of experiences that I've had, but that contribute to what I'm going to talk about later, if that makes sense. This is the first swimming podcast, but I'm sure it will not be the last, obviously, because this is a huge part of my life. But so I can get into stories about specific races or meets or experiences at another time, but I want to just give a brief 
kind of outline of my swimming career because then I'm going to talk about um, a little bit of going through slumps in the sport um, or times that you really struggle with doing well like I had been. And I think the most important takeaway that I want you listening to this um, is working through adversity. Furthermore, if you're not a swimmer um, or athlete and you still want to listen to this, I really hope there's takeaways that you can apply to your life, even not being involved in swimming or a different sport or whatever. So I'm also going to talk about um, why I love swimming and my appreciation of the sport. And so if you're struggling right now, I'm hoping maybe that can help you out a little bit. Along with that, I'm going to talk about some important reasons why I swim, and hopefully you can relate to those. And if you can't, Hopefully I can give you some tools or like some things that you can think about in why you love swimming or why you want to continue your sport. I'm going to touch briefly on motivation and I'm sure that's going to be a separate episode because that's a whole other topic in itself, but I'm going to touch briefly on that and following into a larger conversation of trying to get out of your head and what you can do about that. Because as I'll explain, um, facing adversity and everything, a part, a huge factor in that is just being so in your head and a lot of anxiety and overwhelming thoughts about your sport and pressure. So I'm going to really touch on that. And then near the end, I'm going to touch on, I think, a bunch of smaller points that could be um, bigger conversations, but I just kind of had a list that I didn't really know if I wanted to include as a huge thing. But I'm just going to briefly mention a bunch of things that I've been thinking about, reading about, listening about, that I also wanted to include. Okay, and I think that's about all. And if you know me, and I'm sure you do, and if this is your, if you've been listening to all of them, you know I go off on tangents anyway. So there will probably be things that I did not just include that will be talked about. So that is that, and I'm now ready, 10 minutes into this, to get started on the actual podcast. But I hope you're... You know, you could be listening to this and decluttering your room. Like, this is so good. (laughs) I'm kidding. You can do anything while listening to this. But I really hope you um, enjoy this. And, oh, one last thing. here. I I hate how I go on tangents, but you're going to have to live with it a little bit. And that's ironic that I just said that because that is literally what I'm literally about to say. And that is, I find myself... um, Like, when reflecting and listening back on these, I find myself, like, apologizing almost, or, like, oh, sorry, like, if that doesn't apply to you, or, oh, sorry, like, if you didn't really want to hear about that, and I'm gonna, I've had to have this conversation with myself and be like, hey, like, you're doing this for you, and if people want to listen to you, they will listen to you, and me sitting here apologizing, or, like, sorry if that didn't apply, or sorry, like, all these sorry statements, that is not that is not healthy for me trying to give my wisdom out there in this podcast. So I'm no longer going to apologize for sharing wisdom. Um, Everything that I share, I think maybe could have a benefit or is worthy sharing. So I'm not going to apologize or like be worried that people don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm just going to say it. And if, if you don't like it, then I guess hopefully don't tell me about it because I guess I will never know. And that gives me peace. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And finally, get into get into this. Okay, I'm going to first start with my story in the sport of swimming. 
and it all started when I was four years old and I joined my summer league swim team and a bit of a funny story that I feel like I should include about how I joined that team is to join my summer league team you have to at least make it a 25 like a lap across the pool and I tried my first time and did not make it across the pool and was probably crying hysterically and really didn't like it or want to be there and then I saw that my neighbor at the time got a popsicle and so basically if you made it across the pool you basically made the team and then you got a popsicle so I was really upset about not getting a popsicle and it was told to me that Tegan if you want the popsicle you have to swim across the pool so I made it across the pool on the next try joined that some my summer league swim team when I was four and have swam every summer since on that summer league swim team and absolutely have loved every moment of that I then joined my competitive swim team, Denver Swim Academy, which I have been with ever since I was eight. I want to say seven or eight years old. So I joined that team and I have been with that same club team ever since I joined. And I'd also like to mention on the side, I did other sports um, as a kid. I'll talk about this, I'm sure, at another point, but... This is my only swimming story, so I'm keeping to that. (laughs) Over the years in summer league and competitive swimming, I've had a lot of success. I've broken a lot of summer league records and a few, I'm pretty sure, team records for my club. But those are few and far between, I think, even if they still stand. Regardless, um, I've I've had a lot of success, I think, throughout my swimming career as a whole. And one thing I want to say before I get into all of this is that I believe that I have, like, I guess a natural and a little bit of talent and natural ability to move through the water like I do. But I also want to say that I feel like my work ethic, more than anything else, has gotten to me where I, gotten me to where I am, slash, has given me, like, my past success. And this is not to, like put down anyone else or anything but I just, but I feel like at a young age I learned like such an importance of work ethic because like some people are very like you you know some kids they're just so natural in the water and as much as I naturally love the water and it's like a natural home for me I don't think that swimming really does come all that naturally to me and that's not a bad thing but I just really do believe that I had to learn a lot about work ethic at a younger age. And I'm in no way trying to put down any com- like competitors or people that I've swam with over the years at all. So I just wanted to say that to begin. Okay, so I think my first success was making this all-star team when I was 10. And basically, I'm going to also try and explain things that if you weren't a swimmer and you were listening to this, you could at least try and get a grasp or understanding of it. So I apologize. I'm not going to apologize. I don't apologize, but if you already know this, you'll get a second, a little reminder if you didn't know. <laughs> so for age group swimming, which is like 14 and under, um, every like December or January, there's like this pretty big selection for this all-star team, which if you're an age group swimmer is a pretty big deal to get chosen to go to this one meet. Um, you're basically like the top 10 girls and boys from each age group 
get chosen. And so it's kind of a, a big deal. I mean, for me, it was a big deal. For those, for some people that it's like, they made it every year, like, it was just natural for them, like I was saying earlier. Like, they didn't have to worry about making the all-star team because, like, you know, they were always on that all-star team. Well, I made this all-star team when I was 10, and that was probably the greatest accomplishment of my life. I was felt so special to be chosen to go to this meet. And I'm, like, 10. Like, looking back, I'm like, how did I even, like, really know what was even going on? Because that feels, like, so young to be, like, feel the pressure and want to be on an all-star team and, like, perform at that level. But I guess, I guess that was, that's the norm. <laughs> and as much as I loved every second of being a part of that team, there was also such a part of me that, like, didn't feel like I belonged. Because although I was, like, quote, in the top ten, right, swimmers of Colorado to be chosen to go to this meet, I was not near the best. And, like, even being on deck with, and this is, like, hopefully none of them listening to this. I mean, if anyone even remembers. Um, but I just felt kind of less than everybody else because although I was, like I said, obviously one of the best, I still didn't feel like I would deserve to be there in a sense because I still wasn't as good at them. Like, I didn't get to swim on a single relay or maybe I got to swim on one. Like, I, where some girls were put in, like, the max events was, I don't even know, four, five, six events. I was put in two or three. And although I loved those two or three events that I got to swim, it, like, felt like a huge privilege. Like, I still didn't feel like I belonged there a little bit. And as I will get to much later in this episode, that is one of the most self-sabotaging things you can do to yourself is put in all this work and, and not believe that you deserve to be there. So I felt like I had to start out with that event because that's a really key event in my life because I worked so hard to be named to that team. I went on to work really, really hard trying to make the all-star team again when I was 12, and I unfortunately did not make that team, and that was really heartbreaking for me because I felt like I had really, really worked hard for that, and I was really disappointed in myself because to make the team when you're 10, but then not when you're 12, and then also not when you're 14, oh, that was really heartbreaking for me. And I think one of the hardest things was that being named to these teams, um, it's most often a lot of the same people. And that's not bad, but, you know, it's like some of those best people remain the best for years. And so I think seeing all my friends from when I was 10 make it again when they were 12 and 14, it's like, and I was, like, just barely outside of making those teams. Um, Like, people listening to this, I'm thinking about, like, for those people, like, it probably doesn't even seem that, like, that big, big of a deal, but it was really a big deal for me because I really worked hard and, really felt like I disappointed myself by, and like let myself down by not making those teams again. But shout out to my dad, who always told me that this sport is a marathon and not a sprint, and the same people that are good when you're 10, 12, 14 might not be good when they're my age now, or even further, or even before that, for that matter. And that has proven true, and I am still going on with my marathon and loving swimming, and I'm honestly really grateful that I had kind of those disappointments and, like, those feelings along the way because it's only fueled me to become a better swimmer, and I don't know if I'd be where I am today if I would have had maybe all the success that I watched 
a lot of other people have growing up. Okay, I'm going to move on from that moment, but I think that's a really important part of my swimming childhood and growing up is kind of that early feeling of like almost that I didn't belong with the best or among the best. And that's been really hard for me to try and learn over the years, but um, I'm going to share that later. Flash forward a few years, well, probably when I was like 7th grade. Is that, I don't even know how old you are in that, 12, 13, 14? Regardless, doesn't matter. 7th grade, I made my first sectionals cut. Now, if you're, for those non-swimmers listening, this this is how the rankings go a little bit. You go state, which is, you know, just at the state level state times that you have to qualify to go and then you go to this big like big state meet right um then the next qualification is sectionals and you go and travel with your team to another state and compete at a swim meet and then the next step is like futures I think um I've never actually been to a futures meet but I think that's more long well that, that isn't regardless it's the step between um sectionals and then juniors which is faster than futures and junior nationals is probably about as fast as you get at like an 18 and under um junior level right you can still go like I've been to like national level meets um and you like just swim with like it's like open all any age like I'm racing like 20 year olds 30 year olds you know whatever but I think the fastest meet like 18 and under is junior nationals And then obviously there's like national meets that you qualify for or invites. And um, then of course, like Olympic trials is probably, I guess, the highest you qualify for. (laughs) Okay, moving on. I made my first sectionals time when I was in seventh grade. And that was pretty big. I was really excited. I went to my first sectionals when I was in seventh grade, which in the scheme of the world is pretty young. But in the scheme of the top swimmers, you know, like... I had watched some of my top swimmer friends go to sectionals for, like, three years before I even made a sectionals time, you know? Anyways, had a great time at that sectionals. We're going to move on from that. Um, We're going to skip to my freshman year and mainly my high school career that I want to focus on because as much as there's a lot to unpack in those younger years, which I'll bring back to at some point, I think, obviously, the most knowledge and... Things that have happened in my swim career, obviously, have happened in high school, so here we go. I hope this is kind of interesting for you to listen about, and, you know, if you don't know me, really learn about my my background a lot today. (laughs) Anyways, we jumped to high school season, um, not high school season, my freshman year, I'm swimming for my club. Another thing is that there's, like, barely, there's, like, a month that we get off in the year, like, there's not really an off-season. And so you're doing club and high school kind of at the same time. They overlap. So for girls in Colorado, our swim season is in the winter. So we start in like November and go through February. And so like right now, I'm also doing high school and club. And then the boys season, their season is in the spring. And so they swim with like a club all the way until like March and then like, um, I mean, depending on what high school you go to and the rules, but either swim for their high school from, like, what, February to May or something like that, Um, but in the spring. But for me, I kind of do a combination of both. One other thing to note before I start going on explaining my high school years is that high school events and club events are very different. Um, Like, my best events are 
like the 400 IM and the 200 breast, I would say are my best events. And you do not swim those in high school season. So I'm kind of swimming, I don't say off events, but not my best events in high school, which is fine. But that is a whole thing I'll tie back to eventually. So the high school events are shorter sprints while some people, like that's like really great for some people. Some people that's what they do at their club and that's what they really exceed at. So it's, they get to swim their best events, but that's not really the case for me and some people that are more distance um, oriented. Anyways, now that you have some background on that, I'm going to talk about my high school career. So buckle in, see if you can hopefully follow and understand this. So here we go. Okay, freshman year comes along. It's like fall of my freshman year. I oddly, I say oddly because this is probably one of the most iconic swims of my entire career. I make junior nationals at the first meet of the season, random meet at this like not great pool. I'm wearing a like not fast suit and I make a junior nationals time in the 200 breaststroke. For non-swimmers listening right now, that is actually so incredibly insane. Like people train for years they have to rest and, like, suit up. And, like, you have to have almost the race of your life sometimes to even make a junior's time. That's how, like, hard they are. Like, I don't even know the percent of people that end up making juniors. But for me to just randomly go out in the first meet of the season and make a junior nationals time, like, unrested, all this, like, it blows my mind to think about today. Anyways, I make this junior nationals time. I barely even believe it. Like, my coach is telling me, you made a junior nationals time. I'm like, there's no way. Like, that's not even real. And so that's that. Flash forward a few months um, at Junior Nationals in December of 2019. This is where, honestly, life changes for me a little bit. I would say this is also up in the top top three probably most iconic races that I've ever had in my life. But basically, I'm this little freshman at Junior Nationals wearing my friend's old like, suit, like, not a knee skin, like, if, once again, non-swimmers, you know, like, the knee skins that you see, like, swimmers wear, those are, like, insanely expensive suits that, like, make you go faster, but I was against those for the longest time, and so I'm wearing, like, this old not knee skin suit, so just, like, kind of, like, a regular one-piece suit, um, that has no speed to it, like, there's, like, no benefit of really wearing the suit, it's used by my friend, like, anyway, here's another little bit of a tangent, So you can go into this meet with qualifying times, like you have a junior nationals time. And then you go and swim in the morning and like there's like X events this day. And like, okay, so I have a 400 IM this day, right? It's from the 400 IM in the morning. Everyone swim, everyone that has that time and is swimming that event swims it in the morning. And this, this could be like a hundred people, right? Then they take the top 24 people and if you're in the top 24 after swimming that this morning, so, like, you're one of the top 24 times that people went this morning, you then get to swim that event again at finals, and that's, like, the real deal. Like, sure, you could have won in the morning, but, like, finals is where, like, everything is, like, set in stone. Like, okay, you win finals, you're the real winner. And this doesn't, like, if the time you swim in the morning is faster than the time you swim at night, it doesn't, like... Your times count no matter what, but the places can change, which doesn't really matter to me, but I'm just trying to explain for you. So at my first junior nationals as a freshman in this little suit, um, I end up finaling in the A final, so the top eight. 
in the 400 IM, and I go on to take fourth in the event that year. If you get in the top three, then you get, like, this whole podium situation, like, medal ceremony thing, and I was fourth, but, like, I didn't even really know what, like, this even meant. Like, I didn't even think I realized as a freshman, like, how insane that was, but that's what happened, and I was kind of on fire at this time in my freshman year. Then, flash forward a few months, we have our high school state, so now I'm swimming with my high school team at state, and we end up taking second overall as a team, which was the highest finish in, like, 10 years, 12 years or something like that, and I did really well. I think I, like, placed, like, fourth in the 200 IM and sixth in the 100 brass as a freshman, which is pretty great, and I was also on a relay that took second, so that was really exciting for me. So that was all fun and games until a few weeks later, COVID hit, and we all know how that went, shutting down everything really quickly. So this meant that the March sectionals meet um, that we would have gone to got canceled, and there was kind of this like unknown talk, not unknown, untalked about talk that I would have made an Olympic trials cut probably in the 400 IM at that meet, but obviously that never happened. Regardless to say, COVID hit, and this month meant that I was out of the pool and my team was out of the pool for multiple months. Now, I think that's what really, like, I really had a hard time coming out of COVID, which is, I'll get to that. But looking back, I, like, as much as I, like, want to almost hate COVID for, like, taking me off my, like, upper trajectory that I was, like, seemingly on, right? Like, I had gotten insanely good and seemingly unstoppable at that time um I think COVID was really important for me like if you see a picture of me when I was like you know freshman me um I'm like the small little thing right which is fine completely fine but COVID like I actually started growing and like maturing so I think that was like really important and necessary because if you know me I'm like go 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 all the time and I feel like so like unproductive if I'm not so COVID forced me to um like, sit down for a minute, give myself a bit of a rest, like, allow my body to catch up with myself, which in the long run, I think, was really necessary, because, like, honestly, I don't know where I would have, like, would I have been burnt out if I kept going, like, I don't know where I'd be today if I didn't actually really have that break for me to finally, like, take a minute and catch up with myself. (laughs) So, I was out of the pool for a few months, and I think we got back in in maybe July. Well, yeah, because I was, like, recovering. must have been July because I, like, sprained my ankle really badly in June um, of 2020. And so I was, like, kind of getting back in the pool, I think, as that was kind of healing up. So I think July. So I was out for at least four months, which is an, is an, that's an insanely long time for swimming, considering if you take even a few days off, like, you feel kind of the repercussions of that. So four months, that's, like, a whole, like, lifetime. And another note to be made is that, like, COVID, I mean, I'm like, has obviously changed the world in a lot of ways, but, like, especially in the swimming world, I think it, like, it has changed the sport in a ton of ways since. Like, there's, like, been a lot of, like, discussion about, like, how much, like, are kids overtrained and, like, how much training do they actually need? Because some people, like, really came out of COVID. I mean, some people got to swim, like, they had their own pool or, like, they got access to pools, um. And for some people, this was, like, their breakout moments. Like, some people really got good over COVID time or going through COVID times. While others, like like me, I would say, like, it kind of hindered me a little bit, maybe stepped me back a few steps, you know? Either way, I'm 
grateful for that break because I came back ready to go. Um, really appreciative to be with my team and doing something that I love after being away from so long. It really shows you how much that's, well, at least swimming, how much swimming meant to me. Later that year in the fall, I went to this U.S. Open National Meet, and actually I did pretty well there, I think. I raced some Olympians, and that was kind of fun. And there was a bit of hope there, like, okay, like, I can come out of this. Like, I can come out of maybe not being my best after COVID and all this. And flash forward, I had a good meet in Arizona, I think, also that year. Um, like, in January or something, I think we went to. And then, flash forward a little bit longer, we had state for high school swimming. That went awfully. My team overall won state for the first time, and that was really, really exciting. But I did not perform the way that I had wanted to um, or expected myself to. So I think that was kind of disappointing. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think there was another sectionals in that March because COVID was very much still a thing. Um, and I don't think that, like USA Swimming was hosting any like any sectional or national meets at that point. Flash forward um, to the summer after my sophomore year. Hopefully you're following this. That was like 2021. We're in 2021 right now. Summer of 2021 going into my, after my sophomore year, going into my junior year. College recruiting started for me. And I went to um, junior nationals at the end of the summer. And I did not do very well there either. I felt like I had been really working hard, but I still was not close to my times. Um... I had, I just remember, like, I had this great summer, I thought, of breaststroke training, and then my 200 breasts was just, like, awful, and there was just, like, so much pain and um, let down in that, because I felt like I had worked so hard, and, like, that meet just did not go well. Anyways, we're gonna move on from that meet as well into my junior year. Now, this one's a painful one to talk about a little bit, and I think I'm gonna get pretty vulnerable here, so I appreciate you you know, putting some trust on you to share these, you know, pretty raw emotions and things that I was dealing with um, throughout this year in hopes that you hopefully don't relate to but can either learn from me or, like, understand where I'm coming from and kind of bear with me a little bit. So junior year had a lot going on. Um, Junior year being junior year at school, that's enough in itself. Plus, I was going on recruiting trips for college while also trying to train my best for junior nationals, which, you know, always happens in December. And I felt like I had really been giving my all. I felt like I was working my hardest every single day. And one of those things that I'll get to in a little bit is having like a real conversation with yourself. Like, are you actually doing the best you can? Are you giving everything you can in practice? Are you really giving your best effort? Are you just like wanting to say that? And I can say truthfully that I was really giving my best effort every day. Um, And that's why this year was really disappointing because I thought that I had really given my best effort in the pool. And for that not to um, show through my junior year was really, really hard. So to get onto that, I went to juniors. (laughs) My junior year, I had just committed to college like a week or two before that. So pressure was high. I was like, okay, like I got to perform well, like show my, you know, college like that I'm doing well. Um. And, like, improving, right? Because I haven't really had a good meet in a long time. And I want to make sure that, like, they didn't make a wrong choice with me. And, you know, I'm also, like, I've been working so hard. And, like, I just, like, I just really want to do well. And that did not get me very far. Um, I did not do very well at that meet. 
and this of course is like all based on your perspective because filing at juniors is no like small thing like that is a huge deal but this expectation like after I had taken fourth my freshman year I mean then there was no juniors my sophomore year so then this was the first juniors after my freshman year where I had just done amazing um and like I finaled in the 400 I am but it wasn't the top eight and I wasn't taking fourth and I was going much slower than I had my freshman year so, like, the success of finaling, but also not really as good as my freshman year. Like, all this pressure on me, it wasn't the best meet. But I picked myself up. I was like, it's only December. Next thing up, I got state. I got high school state. Got to perform for my team. You know, time to shift the perspective a little bit and, you know, get the sprinting going so I can, you know, try and win another state title for my team. So I had picked myself up from that kind of disappointing meet and worked hard every single day I was giving my all like and then unfortunately state rolls around and I had another kind of not kind of really disappointing year for me my individual events felt like a complete letdown to not just myself but my team and part of the hardness of that is that like my team will support me no matter what and so they're all like excited and here I'm like bawling my eyes out because I just feel like I really like let myself and my team down and beyond um, letting my individual, like myself down individually in my individual events, I also did not get to be put on any relays, which saying that sounds so selfish because I know the honor of being on a state relay and being chosen to be on a state real relay. So in no way am I trying to sound selfish because I like you work, everyone on a relay has worked so hard for that spot and I am beyond proud of my team and everyone that got to be on a relay because they absolutely crushed it. But that was really hard for me because, you know, I've been on a a relay my freshman and sophomore year. So for me to be like not on a single relay my junior year after like that had been a goal I was also really working towards. That was really hard for me as well. So I really let myself down individually and not being able to contribute as a relay member and really felt like I let my team down. Despite the fact that we went back-to-back being state champions. So overall, that's like really great, but I really was not happy with my personal performance. But I took a few days, was a little upset, and picked myself up again and was like, hey, you gotta meet in a month, you got sectionals again, you'll be with your club team, and like, this is gonna be great. Like, you've got, don't worry, Tegan, like, you've got another chance, it's gonna be okay. So once again, pick myself back up. I work really hard, feel like I'm working the hardest I've ever worked in my life in order to prepare for the sectionals meet. And then that one was also really, really awful. Whew, this is like, it's hard for me like to relive a little bit, like going back on these because like it doesn't seem, I mean, maybe to you listening, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Like, oh, you like you have a year of bad meets. But, like, to know the time and, like, effort that goes into this. Like, I know, like, people in summer is listening to this know. But, like, these are, like, you know, I'm swimming, like, two, two to four hours a day going to dry land, trying to get sleep, trying to manage it. Like, so much goes into it that, like, you feel like you, I live every day. Like, I lived every day to try and prepare for, like, state and then this meet. And, like, for all of that to just, like, seem, like absolutely worthless that is like so hard to like stomach a little bit 
because there's one thing which is like you have a bad meat or two but this this was like you know going on years almost of not being able to perform at the same level I had my freshman year or like go close to my best times and that is really hard to deal with and I'm sure that a lot of you guys listening also understand and it's a completely normal thing for to happen, especially swimming. I don't really know how this relates to other sports, but for swimming, it's if you haven't gone through a slump yet, kind of, I, I hate to say it, but you probably will, and that's okay. And all I can say is that you're going to get through it. And before I get onto those tangents, let me just finish up the story. I can just remember that meet and, like, my first few events, they weren't my best events, but, like, they didn't go well. And then I just remember probably the second or third day of the meet, swimming a 400 IM, and then I swam again in finals, and it just went awfully. And I was, like, and I just had this gut feeling, like, what if I just never go that same time that I went as a freshman? Like, it's never, what if it just never happens again? And I had tried so hard for months now, right, to put on, like, this brave face of, like, okay, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep working as hard as I can and I'm going to keep going. And then that kind of hit me and I was like, like, why am I even doing this almost? Which is crazy for me to think because I love the sport and I love my team more than anything. And I just remember going up from the, oh gosh, I just remember going up from the elevator and laying on this couch and I was just not, like, I didn't even want to eat. I was just like, like, everything hit me, and, like, I could no longer put on that front of, like, you know, wanting to be there and wanting to keep going, almost. So I finished up that meet. I don't even really remember a lot of the swimming that happened. I've really kind of forgotten slash repressed that meet out of my head a little bit, but don't even worry. It took me probably a few weeks. I think I took a few weeks off after that, to be honest, and came back, and I'm like, guess what? It's long course season. It's time to go. Guess what? I'm going to pick myself back up and trust that I love the sport and even going years, months upon years of no success, quote success. Success is whatever you deem it to be, but success as in dropping time, going best times, you know, like becoming a better swimmer in that sense. Despite all that, I'm going to pick myself back up and try and be my best for this new long course season. Now, there are a ton of factors that looking back on possibly contributed to me not having a great season, but maybe I'll get into that a little bit after I finish this recap of my swimming career. Long course comes along, and I actually had the summer of my life. If you've been sticking with it, it's now. Sorry, I should have like been a little bit more specific, but now we're into going into my senior year. So this is like the summer before my senior year. I trained really hard the whole summer. I had so much fun with my team. I was finally finding myself again and finding my happiness and my worth. I think, like I said, there's a lot of factors that really contribute to this. I was also coaching for the first time, like officially coaching. And I think that really brought me a lot of purpose and joy in the sport. But regardless, I think a lot of unhealthy factors changed and I was able to find myself again and I had kind of the meat of my life finally at the end of the summer going into my senior year at the senior zones meet. Now to put this in perspective um, a little bit, 
for junior nationals, there's like a certain qualification period. And so like, yes, I've gone like X junior nationals qualifying standards, but if you don't go that qualifying time within, I think it's like a year and a half or something like that, they technically quote expire. That's like still your best time, right? Like that's still the fastest time I've ever gone, but it, you can't go swim at that meet if you haven't swam that time in a certain amount of time. So I had ended up going to this senior zones meet, which is like not as like top tier as obviously junior nationals, but it was actually, I think, so important for me to have like a good meet where I was like one of the better swimmers there. And with my whole team, that was also a huge factor was that it would have been like just me maybe at juniors or me and like like two other kids if that um and like a team the team environment is really important to me so I think all that combined lined up for me to have a really great meet with my team I don't think I went best times in my like best events like lifetime best but I had gone the like fastest time that I've gone in a really long time as well as I dropped in like every single other event that I swam like all my off events best times left and right so like I had kind of the meat of my life finally and so that felt finally so good that I was like on my way back. I hope you guys listening to this are getting a little excited because we had a few years there of little disappointment but now we're on the way back so get ready for the final parts of the story here to bring us up to present date. So then we start the short course season again and this is in like August or September I'm coming in. I'm positive. I'm now a senior on the team. I'm the leader. We've taken care of a few more factors that may affect the team, but um, ready to be the most positive leader I can be and have the best senior year that I can. And we go to this midseason meet in California. And expectations, well, there aren't many expectations. It's kind of a go out, see where you're, where we're kind of at kind of meet. And there wasn't really expectations on any best times or any of that. But I swim the first day in finals, and I don't want to say out of nowhere, because it's not out of nowhere, but I go best time in the 200 IM. And you're probably sitting there like, wow, like that doesn't seem that impressive. I hadn't gone that time or faster since my freshman year at that junior nationals meet. I know for you, like, listening and, like, not living through it maybe doesn't sound that big of a deal. But when I, like, touched the wall and I saw that time, I was, like, I just won a best time. I just won a best time. I haven't seen a best time in that event in years. And I just won a best time mid-season. Like, we're two months not even into training. Like, I literally cried. I did, I was, like, this is not real. Like, I was, like, wow, this is so crazy. And then I go on to have a really great meet. I don't think I went any other... Well, I went, like, best times in, like, off events. But I was, like, close in my other events. In my, like, my, my best events to my best times. And that was, like... It was a great meet for me over overall. So now I come home from that meet. And I've got about a month until Junior Nationals. Which is, right, like, the big, the big deal. And I'm trying to stay, like, pretty level-headed. Because... After I've had, like, not a lot of years of success, I, like, you know, mentally, like, I've almost convinced myself or I had almost convinced myself that, like, I'll almost never have success again or, like, it's really hard to, like, you know, like, okay, like, that was just an outlier me. Like, 
I'm not that like on the right track, right? And so I'm trying to put all these negative thoughts like, oh, that was my one successful meet. Like I'm never going to have success again. I'm trying to put all those thoughts behind me and be like, no, just keep. You've got one more month to just try your best. And then once again, you'll go out and see what you can do at juniors. Well, then I have about the craziest month there ever had been. Um, you know, I'm, I rear in someone, well, I rear ended someone before that meet, but then I get really badly rear ended. I'm witnessing car crashes. I'm sick. I get about every sickness there is, two ear infections. Then, like, not even a week before juniors, I now have swimmer's ear in both ears. Like, about any sickness and anything that, quote, could go wrong went wrong. But honestly, that set me up for the greatest meet because it would have been one thing if I would have been perfectly healthy, everything in life was great, and, like, you know, expectations would, I feel like, be higher because I'm like, well, you know, I should be performing at my best. I feel my best. But the fact that so much had happened, right, so much was going on in my life, I was just like, I'm just going to go out there and see what I can do and no pressure. And then I had another great meet. I think I was three for four in best times. Um, my 200 breasts, I was like only like 0.2 off of my best ever time. But I dropped more time in my hundred, my 200 IM. I went a 102 for the first time in my 100 breaststroke and like dropped some time there. I almost won a best time in my 200 breaststroke. But this is why swimming's like like... It's not a, like, it sounds disappointing that it's not a best time, but it was, I think, still my second best time ever, which is why things are, like, so, like, whatever your perspective is, because a second best time is still a second best time that you've ever gotten in your life. Like, that's actually still really impressive, so that was really good, and then the bi- the best part of all was I win a best time in my 400 IM, which I guess, like, is, you know, one of my top two best events, if not my best event. I swam it in the morning and I won a best time by 0.2, which is not much, but that meant everything to, to go to see a 416 on the board. I like, once again, like, I was like, oh my God, like I can't, I couldn't believe it. And that qualified me in sixth place to be in the A final again. Ironically, the same lane and position I was when I was a freshman And then that night, which, shout out Nash, here's the story time you've been waiting for. I actually got DQ'd in that A final. And this was a fun one because I got to get absolutely crushed by an Olympian, which, you know, I think I've swam an Olympian twice now, so that's pretty fun. And I'm pretty sure she broke some national age group record or something. And so I always like to say I might not be the one breaking the records, but I'm there. And that is pretty, pretty cool to say in itself. So, so I swim in this A final and I end up taking seventh, which is fine. Like, and the place does not really matter, but, um, I get out of the pool and this official comes over and I always like, I always think the timers are the officials after I swim and at like these bigger meets, oddly the officials time don't like it's anyway, I think, I go to thank them, and then there's this girl standing there, and she's like, Tegan, your race was disqualified. And I can't even remember if she told me what I did. Oh, maybe she said, off your first breaststroke wall, or something like that. I don't even remember if she told me exactly why. 
I start bawling my eyes out immediately. I haven't been DQ'd in like 90 years. Like I don't even remember the last time I've been DQ'd, right? And here I just had finally swam at like the A final, like full circle moment here, you know, like after freshman year and everything. And I, I just found out I'd been DQ'd. So that was really heartbreaking for a minute. I go over, I'm blind miles into my coach. Like my teammate comes over and he's like, Tegan, way to go. That was so good. And I'm like, I got DQ'd. I'm like, blind miles. That was kind of funny to look back on. And then eventually my coach finds out that apparently I like flutter kicked off one of my breaststroke walls and under my, in my underwaters, which like is so bizarre to me because like, if there's one thing that I like work on the most or like, that's like most impressive or worked on about my races, it's my underwater pullouts. Um, and so that was really hard to hear. Cause I was like, I do that more. I practice that more than I practice anything else. Right. So that was a bit difficult, but I, I got over it fast. Being DQ'd, that kind of sucked. I didn't get to walk home with a medal because, you know, you don't get a medal if you DQ, but nothing could take away from the fact that I had gone a best time in the morning and overall, like, was doing very well. So a little bit of a setback, maybe disappointment there, but also... You get DQ'd on one of the biggest age group stages, I guess, um, while racing an Olympian. That'll at least be a story to tell. So now that I've shared like my whole life story in swimming, and that took a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but regardless, I'm going to now um, just talk about why I love swimming and why I love the sport, and that will lead into a little bit of how I deal with or have dealt with adversity in the sport and times of not doing as well as maybe I hope for. I hope if you're struggling right now with swimming or your sport, I think really making a list of your reasons why you love that sport or what you do is really important and it keeps you a little bit grounded on the reasons why you get up every day and try and work hard at the craft that you enjoy. So I'm going to just share a bunch of reasons about why I love swimming and hopefully you guys relate or this helps you out a little bit too. I think one of the first things that drew me into swimming um, was I love the feeling of the water. And there are a lot of things that like give me like sensory overload type feelings. And what's funny is like a lot of those things like revolve around the pool. Like there's so many feelings like around swimming that I hate. Like I cannot, I hate wetsuits. I didn't wear any skin or like those fast suits for so long because I hate like compressing clothes or like that feeling I hate oh this I always wear shoes and socks on deck and like that that has like other benefits other than my feeling of I hate walking on the deck that's why I always walk on my tiptoes because I hate the pool deck like I I cannot sit in a wetsuit unless I have like a towel like it's like a safe like I have to it's like a safety feeling thing like I can't explain it but like there's just so many things that, like, why are you a swimmer, Tegan? Because all of these things make you so overwhelmed. And that is so true. But the one thing that does, isn't overwhelming for me is being in the water. Because once I'm in the water, everything's fine. I don't know what it is. It's just, like, such a calming medium for me to be in the water. And, like, I love playing in the water. At every, like, at the end of every warmed warm-up, wherever I go, whatever state, whatever meet I'm at, I always dolphin dive. Like, that's, like, another thing that I do. <laughs> I just, 
it kind of like keeps me grounded a little bit like remember why even at, like the biggest meets like here I am dolphin diving and it's just a reminder of like why I love to swim and that's like the feeling of the water you know first beyond just the feeling of the water and loving water and the pool I love the thought that like there's always more to learn about the sport and like it's always kind of ever changing a little bit it is really overwhelming the thought that like everyone is always getting faster like records are always being broken people are always getting faster people are always coming out of nowhere and that is really overwhelming at times but it's also so fascinating that like records can continue to be being broken at the rate that I feel like they are today and what keeps me grounded about that because it is really overwhelming to see like you're like I'm never going to be the best because there's like ever there's always someone better than you you know but for me what keeps me grounded with that is that like I'm on my own personal journey and always trying to be my fastest and if you get too worked up about everyone around you and all those records being broken and Olympians doing this and this every other week you know that's really stressful and overwhelming and it makes it seem like there's a lot to live up to but I always just try and think about I'm on my own journey and there's always something for me to improve to improve my best times to improve on my journey and ultimately that's what it should be about is just going on that journey for you and that's like part of the fun of the sport is it's different for everyone and you like kind of have to find what works for you and what's helped me like facing adversity is that sometimes sometimes things don't work out and like I was working my hardest last year but like one factor would be like I was doing a lot of CrossFit which was so much fun and I love like later down the line I will probably go back to doing some CrossFit like many years from now because the community there at my little CrossFit gym was like amazing and I met like I had so many friends there now and I I loved it. I loved working out with them. And it's like, if you've ever done CrossFit, you'll know what I'm talking about. But like, it's like a community and it was so much fun. But I don't, it definitely didn't benefit my swimming. Um, So like, I unfortunately had to quit that. And that's just one factor. But like, sometimes you do feel like you're doing everything, but something's not quite working out. And so it is kind of always a a working experiment to find out what works for you and I think that's really respectable you can either hate that you can either hate that like you know like things don't come easy or you have to keep trying new things but it's something that I admire is that you can train so many different ways and still maybe reach the same time or better or maybe you change something and now you're even faster or maybe change something and you're slower and you like have to change things up a little bit and I I personally really love that because nothing is ever like set in stone like there's no one way to get anywhere and so that's what I love about swimming as well then there's my biased thought that swimming is I think one of the hardest sports um just the demand that it takes to succeed and be very good at the sport like like this the discipline that it takes to wake up before Dawn even thinks about waking up (laughs) is insane and to get up to get yourself up to get yourself through a two-hour practice before school and then go to school and then go to practice after and then also like do the gym or like you know take care of your body and recover and also like make try and eat like there's just so many things in a day 
that like swimmers are committing to to try and be their best at their sport and there's like no other sport really like it like you think about all that time that you spend and here I am trying to drop like a second not even that's a lot like you've got like sprinters trying to even go 0.1 like a one one tenth of a second faster like all that work that goes into that is insane to me and it's mind-blowing and so the commitment and dedication that it takes to be willing to put in all that work for what seems like such a little reward I think swimming is one of the hardest sports and I'm open to argue on that but personal experience and I'm not just saying that as a swimmer but like if you just think rationally about all all that goes into it I think it's it's amazing and of course one of the biggest reasons why I love to swim is that as much as it is an individual sport it is 100% a team sport as well and if you don't believe that then you must be a pretty independent person but I know that without my team and the people that I have in my life I would be nowhere. Like, if I had to do everything that I've done by myself, there's no way I'd be at the level that I'm at. Because a lot of the time, it is the people around me that really get me through practices and, like, keep me motivated to um, go after my goals and try and become a better swimmer and person. And so I give a lot of credit to the people around me and my coaches and my family and everyone because I could not do it by myself. Like, you gave me a two-hour pretty hard practice to go swim on my own and do by myself. I could not do it. Like, I need people around me to push me and, like, get me through hard sets and, like, be social with me. Like, it is such a social thing. And so that is another thing that I love about swimming. And that's also something that makes high school swimming really special is because we're all individually working to do our best individually, but it contributes to you know, like an overall state title, which is really special. And I just love that you're all working hard for each other for like one ultimate goal. In this sport, you have to be intrinsically motivated. You know, like you might have great people around you, but that still doesn't necessarily get you out of bed this in the morning or like really push you through a hard practice sometimes. So you do have to have that intrinsic motivation, like you are doing it for yourself. But there is such an external motivation factor that you are doing your work for something bigger than yourself and that concept of of the team over self and like the whole part over just the single part is really important to me remembering and reminding myself why I love swimming why I love my team why I'm waking up to work hard and continue working hard even though I had maybe been facing adversity and you know had quite some time without quote success I think that's what really gets me through more than anything else so I encourage you whatever sport swimming or another sport take a minute and like journal out a list of all of the reasons and all of the things that you love about your sport and the people that you do with and your coaches and quite literally anything about your sport anything that relates to your sport at all just write it all down I find that to be really grounding for me when I have some tough days and personally for me I have a list that's like on my wall about all the reasons why so it's just like a reminder every day so if you want to do that you can do that as well if you're also going through a bit of a slump and you feel like you're not really like getting better or you haven't been getting better and like you're really like questioning all that work that you've putting in 
I feel like you also really do need to have a conversation with yourself and a truthful one about have you been putting in your hardest efforts? Like, have you really been doing your best? Have you been taking care of yourself? And I think what I really learned is that it's not just the work in the pool. Like I had mentioned earlier, I felt like every day I had been giving it my all in the pool and like doing CrossFit and like really working hard. But I learned that that's not everything. And sometimes to get better, it's going to take more than just work in the pool, hard work in the pool. And I think I had to have a bit of a hard reflection with myself um, that I wasn't taking care of myself fully outside the pool. And like you kind of wish like and I, I guess for some people, like like I said, I really do have my work ethic has really gotten me far. But for some people, maybe you can just put the hard work in the pool and everything else takes care of itself. Or you can, you know, not really watch what you eat and it's still like everything's fine. But at least for me, that's not how it is. Some people can only get X amount of hours of sleep and still perform at their best. Like, this is why, you know, everyone's different. And, like, to think that, like, only some time in the pool and your hardest effort in the pool, like, will translate to your best results is is sadly false for probably a lot of people. And if you're one of those people that, you know, it doesn't things may become a little bit more natural for you and you don't have to really consider all these outside factors. I love that for you and I'm so happy for you. So I had to have a bit of a hard conversation like after last year and everything and this kind of probably came more over in the summer when some other factors were erased almost and I'm not really going to get into it that in detail but I really started to, like, find myself again over the summer and growing into, you know, throughout the first semester of my senior year. And a lot of reflection came with this, and I have really realized that last year, my junior year, I was not really surrounding myself with maybe the best people in the best situations. And I think all I can leave you with on that note is that Stay true to yourself um, and decisions that make you feel happy and safe. Um, Sadly, I do not think I really stayed true to myself and I got a little bit lost from making decisions that align with my goals and becoming the person and swimmer that I was striving to be. And that has been probably a really hard realization that I've, you know, had to kind of heal from in the past, I don't even know, summer and fall time. And that's, you know, maybe being in some situations that in the moment you maybe don't see as that harmful, but like post being in those situations, you it kind of hits you maybe like, wow, that's not like who I am or who I was trying to be. And like, I gave some of my values and priorities up for maybe some people or some situations and that's like really hard for me to say because I feel like I am pretty strong in my values and I will stick up for people and I will stick up for myself like I don't have any problem with that but it was definitely it's been hard for me to like realize like wow that was really not the best thing for me um to surround myself in and try and change myself for or you know make decisions that you know I thought It sounds cliche, but, like, you know, cool or, like, 
that kind of thing, you know? Like, it's not that cool. And it didn't, decisions I made didn't align with, you know, my values. And, like, if you would have asked me, like, three years ago, like, you know, my freshman self would not be very pleased with probably how I was taking care of myself outside the pool last year. And I get a little emotional talking about this because it's still hard and it's still something I'm um, working through today. But you really do have to have um, that conversation with yourself, like fully, like raw conversation of like, are you surrounding yourself with people that help you make like good decisions with your life? And like, are you on like a path? Like if you have goals and you want to grow into those goals, you really need to, oh my God, I'm getting so emotional right now. And I don't mean to be, but it is kind of emotional. Anyways, oh gosh, this is, this is hard for me to talk about, but I'm trying to be vulnerable out here and like share all my wisdom. So I hope you respect me for this. Anyways, you really do need to have that conversation with yourself and really think about the goals that you have and the person slash athlete that you want to become. And are you in a good position to like continue following that and unfortunately the last year maybe two I don't think I was there and I was not on a line to you know achieve those goals that I had wanted and um looking back that's that was hard for me because I didn't see the outside picture and sometimes you're in situations and you don't see the outside picture until it's done and you've had chances to like reflect and heal from certain things and so I share that with you and without really going into detail about that that's what I have to say I don't I really hope this like goes through I really didn't want to talk too much about that situation but yeah and so this is why it really comes back I'm gonna I don't really want to cry my way through this (laughs) but it really does come back to um the people that you surround yourself with and your team and now I'm crying talking about this but I think this is raw and It really goes to show that, like, the people you surround yourself really are everything. And um, my team is, my team's plural. My high school team and my club team are, like, infinitely important to me. And without them, I would not be where I am today. And if there's one thing that I think is the most important thing when you're dealing with adversity in your sport or, like, a little slump or whatever it is, it's your team. It's the people that you see every day at practice. It's the people that get you through those practices. Um, It's the people that know you the best and also can relate to you on that level. And as much as you're trying to individually, you know, become a better athlete, I could not do anything without my team. And I'm sure you can probably agree. I'm sure there are very few people that can individually say that they could be where they're at without their team. So now that I'm bawling my eyes out, thinking about my teams, um, I just want to thank you to my teams out there listening that I would not be the person or swimmer that I am today without you or where I am. And um, I thank you for getting me through the hardest times in my swimming career so far. And, you know, like, I really hope that going to college, I mean, one of the biggest um, reasons I chose NC State um, was because the culture there seems so much like a family and to me my teams are my family and they're all they're everything to me so I hope that you know that stays true and I can go to NC State and become part of the family there so to wrap up this whole team importance thing um my teams are infinitely important to me and 
if you know me, like, I want success for other people, sometimes more than I want success for my own self, and I just want people to love their sport or whatever they're trying to do as much as I do and want that for them, and, like, ultimately, my goal is to leave my teams better than I found it, and give everybody my best knowledge and experience and advice that I can while I'm here so that, you know, hopefully they can continue doing what they love and never hopefully lose that spark. However, most importantly, I hope I can have a bigger impact on, you know, my teams as people, you know, over them just being, you know, swimmers or athletes because you're not going to be a swimmer forever and I hope I can share and um, give people knowledge and wisdom that carries with them outside of just trying to be a fast swimmer in the pool. So I hope all of you swimmers out there or athletes in general listening, I hope you guys can relate to me in that sense and like hopefully you have people around you that are like that and are encouraging you to be better, not just athletes, but people. Because I mean, ultimately in life, it's about the person you are, not just what you've succeeded in in your sport. And if you aren't surrounded by people that want to make themselves and yourself better, then, I mean, I feel like maybe you have some reconsidering to do. And, you know, that's been really hard for me. And I've had to set some boundaries with people, I think, which that'll be a whole other thing. But you kind of do have to think about your success and you can't do it without surrounding yourself with good people. So that is really something to consider. Because the people around you truly cultivate your life and your lifestyle probably more than you realize. I'm kind of jumping around a bit here and I hope this all comes together and you're following me okay. Um, I tried to make a list of like an order of what to talk about but you know things jump around and then things relate and I hope you follow this just fine. I'm going to talk about um, how I gained my confidence back and kind of got myself out of this slump and back to not just me finally being I think truly like my happiest again mentally but also like how that impacted me physically to get me back to like best times and out of that slump a little bit and let me tell you it was I think largely mental like reflecting on this because like I said like I had been you know working so hard but like I said, before, like working so hard only can get you so far sometimes. And there's a lot of like outside factors that really play into it. And after reflecting for so long, the one of the hardest things, okay, this is going to be another bit of a vulnerable moment here, but I'm just sharing my trust with you and I'm just going to share it and hope, hope that some people can really understand where I'm coming from. But if you listened to the part where I like, at the beginning when I was like 10 and you know making this all-star team and you know that meant like I'm one of the fastest in the state but yet I still felt like I didn't belong on that team or to be at that meet um and that like followed me for a long time and I think still followed me up until like last year um it really is all in your head a lot of the time and you can be working the hardest you have ever worked but if your head is If you're too in your head about everything, you're not confident and um, your negative talk like overpowers your positive talk and positive feelings about yourself, I can now firmly believe that you still will not perform well in the pool or in whatever, you know, 
sport that you're doing. I truly believe that like how you talk to yourself is honestly a direct in direct correlation to probably how you perform. Beyond not swimming well last year, here comes the vulnerable story. I really had problems comparing myself last year in like February and March, I'd say. Um, like I explained at the beginning, you know, like my high school team, we like won state and like everyone did so well and then turned around and I had sectionals and I did awful at that sectionals, but so many of my teammates, um, high school teammates did so well. And I think that was a huge burden on me because, you know, I felt so less than my team. Um, and this is nothing against any of my teammates at all because I am so proud of all of their success and I want nothing but the best for for everyone. This is like just referring to myself, but I felt in such comparison to them like so much less than because you know, I felt like I've been working hard, so hard but like letting myself down and my team down at state and then turning around at sectionals and seeing so many people succeed again and like me still not succeed like that was so hard on me, I think comparing myself to that which if you remember you know the sport once again it's a marathon marathon not a sprint as my dad always says you know you're gonna have ups and downs and there is so much strength in being able to um you know have an up every once in a while but also have a lot of downs and still trying to pick yourself back up as hard as it was and let me tell you it's been really really hard and recently what kind of shifted that for me was this belief that I deserve to be there and to like be among the best and be at the top because I work really, really hard to be there. I think it's really easy to compare yourself to others and get really in your head about, you know, going against people faster than you and you don't feel like you deserve to be going against these people. And the amount of times that I hear from people like, oh my gosh, like, I have to go against X or like I'm about to get completely crushed by Y and like that kind of negative talk like learning to switch that and be like no I deserve to be going against these people because I've worked just as hard to be there. It's really learning to switch that talk from being like fearful of like racing said people to giving yourself some appreciation like you wouldn't just be in a heat with a fast person if you didn't deserve to be there like these things aren't just like randomly put together and I think a great example of that for me was you know at juniors like going against Katie Grimes Olympian you know she's like breaking records left and right and I could have easily and I think in any year before this year I would have easily been psyched out and fearful of going against an Olympian and that like my full sole focus would have been oh my gosh like I'm gonna look so slow next to her she's gonna beat me by so much or, like like, all those negative thoughts, but I think, like, this year, you know, at that juniors meet swimming against her, I didn't even think about her. Like, she wasn't even a second thought in my mind, and, I mean, obviously, I knew she was there, but I was so focused on my race, and, you know, like, realizing, like, I'm on my own journey, and I'm here to do my own best race, and enjoy, of course, like, enjoy the experience of getting to race an Olympian, but also just knowing that I deserve to be there, and, like, focusing on my race. I could have easily been like, oh my gosh, I, I don't deserve, like, why am I here? Like, all of those negative thoughts, which I think at any other year or time period before this one, I would have, you know, succumbed to, to those negative thoughts. 
but I had a little like discussion with myself. Like I didn't just take sixth place in the morning and go a best time. Like that that didn't just like randomly happen. Like it wasn't like a flaw that I suddenly ended up in the A final racing her. Like I'm like, I worked really hard to get there. I've really put in the work to do this for and I am. And so I deserve to be in that A final. And I think switching that mindset, you deserve to be racing fast people because you put in the work to be there. So instead of counting yourself out, like I think I did for so long, and I'm sure a lot of you guys do too, if you're in a slump, it's so easy to get into that negative mentality because you're like, well, I haven't really got a best time. Like, do I really deserve to be there? Like all of those thoughts, but taking a moment and, and getting out of that and stopping like stopping those comparisons to other people and recognizing you're on your own journey and it's going to be up and down and yours might be down while other people's are up but then next year it might they might be down you might be up like it's not comparable no one's journey is comparable and so the minute that you start to kind of realize that and really focus on your own journey and try and be positive about you and what you can control I think that has really helped me get out of my head a lot and that paired with positive talking and, you know, talking to yourself kindly, like that really goes a long way more than I really realized until I started making that a priority is how I talk to myself and like finally taking care of myself more than I think I ever have. Before Junior Nationals, like literally the day before we left, um, I had this, I wasn't feeling great during taper and, you know, like I had been really sick and like... I had, like, ankle problems. I've been having a few ankle problems recently as well. Um, But, like, everything was kind of seeming, like, you know, plotted against me a little bit. And I wasn't feeling great in taper and, or, like, in my practice. And I remember driving home and I, like, had this conversation with myself. And it was, like, about self-respect. I had swam this, like, taper workout by myself, which, you know, like, me being alone with my thoughts is sometimes a difficult time, which I'm trying to change that. But the negative thoughts were just flowing in. And, you know, I'm, like, sick. My ankle has been whatever. Like, have I really done everything? Have I done enough? I don't feel great in tape. Like, all these negative thoughts. And I had this conversation on the way home with myself. And it was like, Tegan, you're being so disrespectful to yourself. Like, you have put so much work and sacrifice into this. For you to just have a practice where you just, like, talk down on yourself like that. And be so negative and doubtful. Like, give yourself some respect, you know? And so I think I encourage all of you to be respectful of yourself. You wouldn't talk to a friend like that. And a friend hopefully would not talk to you like that. And so you shouldn't, like I've talked about that in the positive podcast, but talk to yourself like you would be talking to someone else. I know none of my teammates would say, have you really been working like your hardest? Or like, I kind of doubt you or have you really done enough or like any of those things none of that would ever come out of any of my teammates mouths and so for me to be able to say that to myself even though I've also known all of the work that I put in is like low-key really disrespectful so I had to have a conversation it's like Tegan be respectful to yourself so I encourage all of you guys think about how you talk to yourself and like is that respectful are you doing yourself a disservice to all of the work that you've put in like all that training that I had done for me to just be like, is that enough? Like, have you been doing your best? Like that is so disrespectful. So if that helps, that's what really helped me get through that night was Tian, be respectful to yourself. And so that's another little tip I have for you. If you can't change any of the circumstances or factors outside of the pool or like whatever your sport, anything, 
you can at least start with your mental game. And I'm sure that's going to influence more than you think. If you don't think you can try any harder in the pool, if you don't think there's that many other factors you can change, the mental game is always can always be improved. So I think you need to start there. Another thing that really, I think, prohibited me from some success over the years was this thought of like this pressure of achievement and outcome instead of what swimming has always been, which is joy and fun and an activity for me. And I think a lot of that came with pressures of college and recruiting and, you know, state titles, like so many like outcome-based things that I really let dedicate my mind and that's not why I swim. I don't swim to necessarily win a state title or go a certain time. I swim because it's a form of enjoyment for me with my team and I like to see where that's going to take me. Um, And so basing my joy and success based on outcomes was really toxic for me. So that's why I really try and remember my whys of the sport, you know, like as much as I love those achievements and, you know, going the best time is great and, you know, goals, striving for certain goal times or um, races, of course that's important and natural and, you know, like you're supposed to have goals, but living your entire life for a single, that single goal or single outcome and revolving everything around that. And if it's anything less than that, then it's not good enough or you're disappointed is not how it should be. So I really had to shift that mentality back from so much outcome based and like basing my worth based on those outcomes to enjoying the process and trusting that, you know, enjoying the process of every day will ultimately lead to those outcomes. And if they don't, or I fall short, at least I did my best. And that's all you can ever do. I hope you guys all know that you are a person and you're more than a performance and more than a best time or a place and no matter how much you do succeed or don't succeed or fall short of a goal or maybe don't go best time you are a person and you are more than that outcome always and I think I really lost sight of that for a long time and so my advice to you is don't let those goals or expectations weigh you down and don't let an outcome determine your worth as much as it you know you have pressure from parents or colleges or etc there's always going to be pressure but you have to learn how to control that and know within yourself that you are enough and you're already everything and with a with x time not x time with a certain place or time record whatever it is you are already everything no matter what I'm going to try and wrap this up soon (laughs) and briefly touch on a few other factors about um, facing adversity and especially in a sport. I think first you've got to enjoy the process over the outcomes and set more process goals versus outcome goals because I think you'll find a lot more success there in trying to work the things that you control every day versus trying to live for a future outcome moment, if you understand what I'm saying. With that comes enjoying the present and focusing on the present, what you can do now, um, and not worrying about what you did or didn't do in the past or what worked or didn't work in the past. I mean, you can always, there's always things to learn from the past, 
But if you live too much in the past and focus on too much what did, didn't work, what you think you should be doing, all of that, it's very hard to just try and start fresh and do what you can now in the present moment. Another interesting thing that I've been really reading about and thinking about is that we are, quote, mirrors, um, that we reflect, you know, behavior and emotion and all of that based on what we're surrounded by. So surround yourself with good mirrors that will portray good onto you and your life. Another thing about getting through some tough times is showing up really is half the battle. As hard as it may be to really get yourself going, once you do get going, you show up, you do even the bare minimum, that is more than nothing at all. And your body is what I've been learning, which I'll bring into another podcast one day, is we're so environmentally influenced that like, once you start on one thing, you will start naturally getting the ball rolling a little bit. So showing up really is half the battle, even on the hardest days. So trying to build that discipline, which I'll make this whole other thing about self-discipline and motivation and all that, but the smallest steps really do mean everything. So I encourage you to even just do the minimum. Even if you don't feel great because it's you, it's the minimum, the minimum is still more than nothing at all. So always remember that. Make sure that you're finding time for joy in your life through this. Um, sometimes taking a step back from either a sport or something that's making you, you know, you're having a tough time with. Stepping away for a while is really important sometimes um, to give you a little bit perspective and maybe reintroduce some meaning that you are missing. Sometimes we, I think, become so obsessed with, you know, like the outcome or the sport or whatever it is, and you have to learn how to um, turn on and off that obsession at times because become there's like the spectrum, like being, being too obsessed, like I think I was for a time, can be really mentally taxing on you, but then at the same time, you have to be able to step back and maybe be a little less obsessed in order for you to see a little bit more meaning that you're missing. You should also consider having a bit of a shorter memory. It's natural to maybe remember only your best performances um, or maybe even your worst, but not every race or, you know, game or whatever. I'm trying to make this applicable to other sports, but every performance that you have is not going to be your best and it's probably not going to be your worst and so trying to have a short memory with both sides of that is really important to being able to learn from and move on in your journey of your sport because even though it might not be your best it doesn't mean it's your worst and it doesn't mean that you still are on a good track or a good journey and like moving to become better and another reason why i think swimming is so hard is because we are really defined by those bests like you have that lifetime best and anything less than that is still not a lifetime best but just because it isn't a lifetime best doesn't mean it's still one of the best times that you've ever gone in your life like there are so many factors that I think that are thrown out just because it's not a lifetime best but there's so much still to learn from those races that maybe aren't your best so having a short-term memory about you know only ever comparing it to your best or your worst is is unfair to yourself. Like I was also talking about earlier, you really do need to also stop comparing yourself because you lack a ton of context. And I read that the other day, like, you know, about comparing yourself and lacking context. And I think that was a beautiful way to put it because it is so true. You, when you compare yourself to others, 
you compare without knowing anything about their life, really. Here I am comparing to my teammates who seem to be doing so well meet after meet, month after month, but like little do I know what they're really, you know, working through or doing or anything. Like I just don't know anything. I lack all the context of anyone else's success or not success. So you really do need to remember to keep it to your journey and your journey only because you can only ever once again control yourself and the factors in your life like nothing will ever change that you'll never be able to control what anyone else can do or will do or won't do like you just can't and so the faster you can realize that and focus that energy that you normally focus on other people or worry about other people and you focus that on yourself it is so much more rewarding and I think that has really gotten me back to where I am today further that helps you keep the perspective you know The sport is not all of your worth. People still care about you, even if you, quote, seemingly fail. This has been really hard for me to learn because I know that I'm really, like, my parents are very supportive and my my coaches are very supportive and my team is very supportive. And I know I really never will let anyone down, per se, but that really still does eat at me as I feel like I do let people down. But you need to realize that you do, I still do have people that care about me, even if I like, quote, fail in my terms, you know? Like, no one is, I'm not defined by swimming or my success, and I'm still cared for despite what I do in the pool. I'm going to touch briefly on passion, but this is going to be another exciting podcast that comes in probably a few weeks, but I'm really excited to have this talk about passion with a special guest. But for now, I'm going to say that we all as beings like have passion and it's I think a little bit negative to only apply it to one thing like I'm not only passionate about swimming and that should not be all that I ever do or attach passion to I have passion about a lot of multitude of things and so I think you know detaching the thought of passion being related to one thing but instead passion is a tool that you can apply to interests and curiosities and obsessions like it can be applied to more things than one and so I think you also need to remember that is you are allowed to have more passions than one and that'll be a whole podcast that'll be coming up and really exciting until then I'm gonna leave it at that lastly of these little mini topics I wanted to include was not forcing things um there's going to be highs and lows And you're not going to be able to control all of those highs and lows. And so you need to just be able to flow with the present moment in your life and love those lows and also love those highs. Because if you don't appreciate the lows, this is also cliche, but if you don't appreciate the lows, then you can't appreciate the highs. But from my personal experience of having some pretty low lows and then recently experiencing those highs again, like it puts so much meaning into all of that work and um, sacrifice that I've, that you've put in, right? It finally gives meaning to all of that to finally succeed again. So enjoy the lows. It's hard to enjoy the lows, but you, I'm telling you right now, you will overcome the low and it is so worth it when you get back to those highs. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. One last thing that I think I'm going to include before I wrap this up (laughs) is, kind of tying on that last thought which is the seasons of adversity and how that has made me a better swimmer and person 
without those lows, like I said, you can't have the highs and you can't enjoy the highs. So learning to appreciate and like love yourself through those lows, the biggest thing is that you continue to love and support yourself even when you aren't at your best. Because I'm telling you right now, you will never find another high if you treat yourself badly and talk unkindly to yourself through those lows. And I think it really builds character, um, how you handle adversity and lows. You know, some people, you know, they maybe haven't had a real low like I feel like I've had. And it is really a truth to your character, how you handle setbacks and times of not doing well. I can see in like, you know, watching swimmers around me, how they handle, you know, a little bit lack of success for a time is so telling. And I encourage you all to try to be your most positive. I mean, it's hard. There's going to be days where you don't, it's hard to be positive, but the more you can find the appreciation in those lows and continue to strive through and not just give up or question everything, it's really, it's really important and really telling to who you are. So I encourage you to keep that in mind as well. And like I've said before, every sport, especially swimming, is a marathon and not a sprint. And if you stick with it, you will find great success. Um, And I'm going to tie it back to the beginning where, you know, my dad, when I was young, always said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like, you know, you deserve to be here and you might not be as fast as all of these, you know, wonderful swimmers that around you, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I've really taken that to heart as I've continued to, you know, put my all into the sport over the years. And it has proven true because this is in no way supposed to be negative, but, you know, like I've found a lot of success, possibly more than others that, you know, I'd say maybe peaked at a bit of a younger age, but continuing to try and work through those adversities and find that love in your sport and the people you surround yourself, it will take you far. So you just really need to trust in that. So at one point, you've got to have the courage to face hardship and also face times where you're not confident and face those really hard moments. Um, I promise you, you will come out on the other, on the other end. I promise. I really do. I think that is all I have for you guys today. A whole hour and 40 minutes later, basically. I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to this and hearing a bit about my story, you know, the ups and the downs, because they're all important in shaping who I am today and what I have to share with you guys. So I hope this was really beneficial and I hope you learned some things and can take away some lessons from my experiences. And I hope, you know, I've given you a few tools that maybe if you are experiencing a bit of a slump or questioning your hard work and your reasons why, I hope you can sit down with yourself and have a similar conversation and maybe journal some things out about why you love your sport or whatever it is you're pursuing. And hopefully you can have some courage to continue trying and trust that despite any outcome ever, you are becoming a more resilient person and ultimately that's going to help you most moving forward in life. I'm going to leave this episode at that and wish you a happy holiday and I hope you get to spend some really quality time with people that you love. 
and celebrate people and holidays and traditions that you love. I love all of you listening. Thank you guys for supporting me so much. It's been really overwhelming, honestly, all of the support that I have gotten so far. And I hope I can continue to give you valuable advice and things that you can apply in your life and try and make the world a bit of a better and more positive place. So thank you from the bottom of my heart again for listening and supporting me. And a reminder, as always, you are already everything.